everyone and welcome to life with liz and bees i'm sammy and i'm hunter in today's episode we are going to continue on from who is your spouse where we talked about affection but today we're going to help you understand how your spouse likes to make decisions and accept responsibility in the control temperament test let's do it stick with us through the entire podcast for an action step at the end to challenge you in getting to know your spouse better than you do right now So if you're just tuning into our podcast with part two, talking about control and who is your spouse, we want to encourage you to go back to part one so you can listen to the affection podcast and take the test that we have down in the show notes. So make sure that you stop the podcast right now. Go take those tests. Literally, they take five minutes to do because we want to help you understand your temperament for control, affection, and inclusion because that is how we are breaking up the podcast right now. And today we are talking about the control temperament specifically. And really the purpose of temperament tests is to better your relationship. We, uh, Hunter and I have gone through marriage counseling where we did in-depth temperament tests and we can't stress enough how much this helped better our marriage. And so today we are talking about all things control. So I'm going to start by sharing what my temperament is for control. And we're just going to give you guys some examples of how different Hunter and I truly are. So my temperament for control is choleric. And we're going to talk about the cholerics specifically in a second. But just to give you guys a fun example here of my temperament for control, basically control is our willingness to make decisions and to accept responsibility for either ourself and or others. So when it comes to control in my life, I like to um, have a lot of control over the lives and behaviors of others. And the amount of decisions and responsibilities that I am capable of taking would make other people cringe. But because I take on too many responsibilities, I am highly susceptible to burnout. And actually right before editing this podcast, I have had a very down, depressed day because I don't know how to rest. Like I literally struggle with doing absolutely nothing. Unfortunately, you do. And today I've been trying to get her up, get her going. And luckily we had the podcast today. So I kind of got her up and I was like, go take a shower, go do your thing. Let's get ready for this thing. And I'm grateful that I have a husband that understands like how to help me through my temperaments when I'm in these anxious or depressed states, because if it wasn't for him, I would probably just sit in my thoughts and become more depressed. But It's true. When it comes to control, I have very good leadership abilities and I take on a lot of responsibilities, but that means that I also really struggle with balance and I struggle with resting and accepting that it's okay to do absolutely nothing and not be on your phone or not be working. Um, And so, yeah, I I tend to really struggle with that. So we're going to talk more about cholerics in a second, but Hunter, what is your temperament for control? So mine has actually changed recently. I used to be a melancholy compulsive but now i'm a sanguine which um, is crazy how it's changed so much over the have, last few yeah, years which is very crazy because they're very different but i have been in different parts of my life now had a lot more experience in different things and it's definitely changed to the sanguine so sam can you go ahead and talk about my temperament test and control about the sanguine and yeah this one's going to be fun because the sanguines in control are like the 
weirdest one to figure out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because weird. your temperament is like swinging on a pendulum. Like you could literally go back and forth in this temperament. So here are some things in your independent state versus your dependent state as a sanguine. So in your independent state as a sanguine for control, you can be aggressive, responsible, demanding, and capable of undertaking any task. However, in your dependent state, it's the opposite. You are self-indulging, you are irresponsible, and you can drown in self-pity. Only 2% of the population have sanguine in control. So if you're listening to this right now and you are a sanguine for the control temperament, please tell us because it's only 2% of you guys and my husband happens to be one of them. Um, Typically, sanguines in control are predominantly male. And what makes them so unique is that they swing. All of the other temperaments are stabilized. So for example, a choleric like myself typically asserts my will over somebody else in an arrogant way. But the sanguines in control, they can behave like a choleric one day. Like some days Hunter may behave like me in control, totally in charge and dominating. But then the next day he can be totally dependent. So what causes this swing in our sanguines for the control temperament? Well, they have an unquenchable need for recognition and approval. And when they don't get that from people that are important to them or when they feel criticized, um, then they deep dive into dependent mode. So when the sanguine in control swings, they honestly drop everything and they shrink responsibilities. So this person could volunteer for very difficult tasks and they can do them and they will do them to complete the project as long as their ego is being fed. But at the first sign that they are not the greatest thing that ever happened to the world, they quit and they stop doing those tasks. They stop, they walk away, and then they turn to themselves and they don't care about the project anymore and they don't care about those depending upon them. Um, So that's an independent example for sanguine in control. But here's a dependent example. So when the sanguine in control is in the dependent state in their self-indulgent side, um, they're typically only there for a short period because they begin to feel ugly. It's like an emotional ugly, not a physical ugly, but they start to feel feelings like guilt and worthlessness and selfishness. And then those feelings immediately turn them around to want to take charge and be responsible again um, and then become the person that everybody knows, loves, and reverses. So it's literally like back and forth, back and forth. It's kind kind of uh, like a cyclical cycle that you can't escape, Hunter. It is, unfortunately. But I think, I mean, it definitely speaks a lot to me because I think when I get recognized just by you or by a boss or when I used to play sports, yeah, it definitely was a big thing for me. If I wasn't recognized, I was like, dang, what What am I doing What's wrong? What's my purpose? What, like, I don't understand. Like, am I not doing it correctly? If I'm not, then this is pointless. Um, like, definitely, like, just cleaning the house. Like, when you recognize it, I know it's petty and it's stupid, but... And I should be doing it anyways. But just like right. when you recognize it, it's just a different thing. And same with at work. If I do something great and I don't get recognized, it's like, well, why'd I do it? Like, right. what's the point, right? Um, but that's just, I guess that's how I'm wired. You know, that's just how I work. And it it is kind of annoying though because it sounds so like almost selfish. Like I'm only doing it selfishly. But I don't know. There's times, you know, where I just need to hear it. But I feel like we all have, we all struggle with selfishness. And in a way, a lot of us have 
similar things like that were just described described about saying when in control that we struggle with like because I feel relatable to a lot of this right here I'm like honestly if I'm not being recognized for something I may not want to do it and that's one of the reasons why we need God and we need Jesus to help us um, and there's actually a scripture that can help with selfishness that we want to give you guys uh, that's something that we should all cling to Acts chapter 20 verse 35 it says in all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that's just a good scripture for all of us to live by. So here's some ways that you can support your spouse if they are sanguine or your partner if they are sanguine. So Hunter, here's some ways that I can help you. And you let me know if these are accurate and if you feel like this is a good representation of how you can receive help. So when your sanguine is feeling down on themselves and unsure of their responsibility or worth um, in other people, you need to remind them that God calls them worthy. They don't need man's approval, their boss's approval, their coach, their spouse's approval, or any recognition to feel that worth. They just need God's recognition and they already have it. You don't have to do anything to earn God's recognition. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is challenge sanguines because they like to be pushed. And when they're feeling down or become selfish, um, challenge them to rise up and get the focus off themselves and onto serving others. I feel like that probably is the most effective strategy for you, Hunter, because I've noticed when you're ever in like a down state, if I like encourage you or challenge you or push you to like do something, you're like, yep, I'm going to do it. And you immediately can like snap out of that yeah downward you know spiral i would agree 100 percent. i mean it's almost i think it's the competitive me competitiveness in me um i think that helps a lot too because it's like what are you doing bro like and i I hate that like kind of victim mentality so like i'm always like i need to get out of this so you don't stay in a victim mentality yeah i when when you can put a task to me it's like that changes my whole mindset or it just you know i realize oh what are you doing you need to figure it out like you know whatever it may be And that's a good tip for anybody that may struggle with a victim mindset or when you're going through something and you're feeling down, having your partner and your spouse challenge you and meet you where you are and say, hey, listen, you don't have to stay in that victim mindset. Like, let's overcome and rise up together. Hunter just did that to me earlier while I'm sitting on the couch, all sad and depressed in my own self-pity state of just like, I don't know how to rest and I feel so overwhelmed. And he's like, get up. (laughs) like get up go take a shower get out of your pajamas go eat some food and you will feel so much better and he's right I do feel better recording this podcast right now but it's like hard to self-motivate yourself sometimes like you need those people in your life that are going to challenge you all right if you guys are a phlegmatic go dm us on instagram or just leave a comment of what you are whenever we make our post and reel um talking about this temperament test um but I'm going to go over the strengths. I'm going to go over the weaknesses. Um, and then I'll, you know, give some advice, some things that your spouse or whoever could uh, help you at whenever you have those struggles. So your strengths, they tend to be very practical. Um, they can be conservative. They can be peace loving and a good peacemaker. Um, I mean, that's pretty awesome. You guys are peacemakers. That's sweet. Um, And then your weaknesses, this is, you know, this don't get offended here. This can be some tough ones here, but you can be indecisive, um, tendency to procrastinate and be very difficult to motivate. They use verbal defenses that often hurt others. It is used against anyone who tries to motivate or control them, particularly cholerics. So you're telling me if a phlegmatic uses a verbal defense against me, it's to hurt me? That's That's what it's saying. So So any phlegmatic, phlegmatic, you know, and they use it, you know. 
They use it against people that try to motivate or control them. And sorry, I'm a control freak as a cleric. So I guess I have to be okay with handling verbal defenses. <laughs> when you're unsure about how to handle those decisions, 2 Timothy 2.7 says, Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That's huge. And we like giving a supporting scripture with every single um, temperament example that we're giving because it's less about clinging to the world and what the world tells you to do to help you with your weaknesses and more about what God tells you to do. And that's why we're giving you exact scriptures that you can read and cling to when you're struggling with those weaknesses. We all have weaknesses, so definitely don't be offended by us sharing this. It's about reflecting and um, bettering yourself and being aware of it. Absolutely. Here is how you can help your spouse whenever they're struggling with different things um, as a phlegmatic. Inspire them instead of trying to force motivate them, but ask them if there are things you can do to help them finish the task. Um, also, you can, when they are unsure about decision making, give them one to two options to narrow it down and make it easy for them so they don't have to struggle with being so indecisive about having so many options. So limit it down. Give them one or two options. Only say, you know, you have this choice or this choice. It helps them instead of, you know, scrambling their brain and looking at different things because that's just not how they're wired. So. I think this is a relatable example for phlegmatics or really just for anybody that struggles with decision making. I know for myself, if Hunter asks me a vague question like, what do you want for dinner? I don't know what to say. But if Hunter gives me options and he says, hey, Sam, for dinner, do you want Panera or Chipotle? then I'm just going to choose between those two options. And it's going to be a lot easier for me to make a decision. And that is one of the ways that you can help your phlegmatic spouse um, or person with decision making. Instead of asking vague questions that stress them out or overwhelm them or they overthink it, narrow down the options for them. And I think that's a very relatable option that can happen a lot during the week. Um, Yeah, for anything though. Yeah, I think that's relatable for anything. If you can just slim that, you know, option down to one or two choices it's so much easier because then you're like you go to a restaurant when you go to cheesecake factory holy smokes you don't know what the heck to get dude that so much is on the that biggest menu. menu i've ever seen in my entire life it's ridiculous isn't it all right sam we want you to go over melancholy this is what i used to be i still have a little bit in me um but i think during my dark days during your dark days yeah. here all right where are my cool chill melancholies at here are some strengths that you have as a melancholy when it comes to control. You are good at decisions and responsibilities in known areas. That's fact. I still am. You have very good leadership abilities. You can adhere to the rules and you need very little control over the lives and behaviors of others. That's still pretty accurate for Hunter. He doesn't need a lot of control over me. And then lastly, intimacy with God should come very naturally to you. And then here are some weaknesses for you as a melancholy. In control, you could be rigid, inflexible, sensitive to failure, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, and you could tend to be a rebel and procrastinate. So to help you with those weaknesses, here are two scriptures that we have for you to cling to. The first one is to help you overcome fear of the unknown, and it says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then 2 Timothy 1.7 says, uh, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And that one is to help you overcome that fear of failure. So here are some ways that you can support your melancholy spouse or person 
to help them with these weaknesses. When they are struggling with fear of the unknown and failure, redirect them to those scriptures that we just gave you. Redirect them to God's word and what he says about fear because fear is a liar. It is not from God. It comes straight from the enemy to try to confuse you and hurt you. And you need to be in the word if you're struggling with fear. And then another way you can support your melancholy spouse is trust their leadership ability and trust their decision-making in known areas because God gave them discernment. And I can definitely say a few years ago when Hunter was a very strong melancholy in control, he 100% still to this day has the gift of discernment. And I did not do a very good job of trusting his leadership ability and his decision-making. No, you didn't. In areas that he is strong in. It's okay, though. We all make mistakes. You just had to learn them. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we had to go to marriage counseling is because I had so much control over Hunter being a cleric. I wanted to have so much control and responsibility over Hunter's life, what Hunter was doing, what he needed to do to please me. And Hunter actually was the one that had better discernment when it came to decision making. And I had to learn the hard way and then go to marriage counseling and get a reality check. We honestly talked a lot more about that vulnerable experience in our young marriage podcast episode and also in the how to handle disagreements podcast episode. So if you want to hear the juicy details of our marriage counseling journey and sessions, go listen to those podcasts absolutely because you'll get a lot from it um and by the way all of these tips that we're giving you for support for your spouse or whatever it may be um these can be used for basically all of them they're just what we're giving to you is the research that we've seen and the research that we've done um show that they're best for these different temperament tests so um just keep that in mind so all right we're gonna jump into choleric that's me where the heck are those cholerics at, other than Samantha? I'm right here. Because I already know all about Who's her. like me? I'd love to know. Please go tell me on Instagram. All right. So we're going to go over the strengths. Let's see what they are. They are tough-willed. I would definitely say Sam is that. They're a good leader. Sam's a terrible leader. I'm just kidding. She's a great <laughs> leader. Um, many people that have listened to this, I'm sure you have been under Sam's leadership at some point. I feel like. I don't know. Maybe not. Anyway, she's a great leader. Um, they're capable of taking on responsibilities. They possess the willpower to carry through to completion i definitely agree on all of those like especially for you when you set a goal in mind you're like i'm getting it done and here's a fun example for you guys earlier hunter and i got into an argument had a disagreement and stopped mid podcast we stopped like we actually started filming this about six hours ago got into an argument realized that we were not on the same page we needed to take a step back so we stopped and um we were sitting on the couch earlier and Hunter was like, so I guess we're just not going to have a podcast for the next two weeks. And I said, uh, yes, we are. We're doing it tonight and we're going to get it done because we made a commitment and we're making it happen. And, and by the way, I knew we were going to do a podcast. I was just handing at it so we could, I could figure out what we're so doing. So we could next. actually get it done. But the choleric in me was like, don't you ever doubt my ability to finish something to completion and that it's true. Like when I set my mind to something, I will hundred percent carry it through. I will not quit. Yeah. And what I'm going to go over now is the weaknesses and why, you know, during that podcast <laughs> that uh, Sam lost a little bit. Oh, so gosh. what's their weakness? Anger. I oh, definitely no. struggle with anger. Cruelty. Um, capable of undertaking any behavior to keep control. Man, that's so tough. Yes. This literally just happened five hours ago. They associate with pe- with weak people and then resent their weakness. I don't really think you show too much of that, but. I hope not. No, I don't think so. <laughs> they are highly susceptible to burning out. Yeah, that's true. I would that's agree with that. 
Um, now, what the heck does the Bible say and how can the Bible help us with this? Please um, tell me. It says in Proverbs fourteen twenty nine, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Remember, be slow to anger. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I know it's a tough one. It's tough for all of us. Um, and then another one to remembering to slow down and not burn out. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's, that's one of my big. that's one of my favorite verses no, because it's such a good reminder that like anytime you're stressed, anytime you're overwhelmed, anytime you're you have anxiety or worries, it's like God is literally saying, "Come to me. Like I'll take it from you. I will give you rest. Lean into me." And I think we would all say the same for our spouses and our kids. Like when Hunter's going through something or Lily may be going through something, I want to take that burden off of them so that they can have rest. That's exactly like our heavenly Father what he wants to do for us. Mm, a little preaching right there, Sam. I like it. All right. Now, how the heck can we support the choleric person? How can I support you, Sam? Here's some ways. Um, when they behave with anger or cruelty, ask them to take a step back, count to 10, or go take a break so they can come back to the conversation more level-headed and not explosive or rash. That's a good tip. Yeah. I think that's definitely... I wouldn't say like, hey, go count to 10 because that may make the other that person That may piss more angry. me off even more. <laughs> but um, definitely like... Just you go know, take a break. Take a second. Think about it. And then be back at it. So, yeah. all right. Support them through roles they take on where they deal with people unlike them so they can understand God has made each of us different and they shouldn't try to change or control people and love them when they, the way they are. You have definitely helped me with this, Hunter, because I feel like in my role as a leader in the businesses that I ran the past five years, God has brought all different kinds of people into my business that are different than me. And you have helped me learn how to be a friend and how to love people that aren't like me or may not have strong leadership abilities or a go-getter mentality or a strong drive. And that has helped me a ton to support people where they are, be a friend to them, love them, and really just serve them in their season while helping them get to where they want to be. Yeah, I do my best. I think... Um you just have to understand people have different motivations and different mindsets and different lifestyles. And it's hard when want. you're a choleric person because you're so wanting to be in control of everything and you want to try to control people to think like you, act like you, behave like you. And that's just not okay. Yeah. So I've had to try to unlearn some of those bad habits that I honestly picked up from childhood and picked up from how I was raised by a Navy commander who uh, <laughs> controlled and bossed people around all day, every day. All right, last one, last thing to help your way of supporting your spouse or person. Challenge them to take a rest day weekly and honor Sunday, a rest day, so they don't burn out. I do that a lot with you, and you're like, I can't do nothing all day. Like, that's it's just, so hard for me. Yeah. Because of social media and the businesses I run and the clients I manage, like, every day there's something that I could do for work. And it's really, really, really hard for me not to be thinking about work all the time or wanting to be making more money. That is definitely an area that God is like stretching me in to like honor rest and understand that like rest is holy. And just because I'm taking a day off from work doesn't mean that I'm missing out on opportunities. Okay, the last temperament that we are gonna go over is our supines. So if you are a supine, let us know, here are your strengths when it comes to the control temperament. You have dependability. You are a dependable person. You have the ability to enforce the policies that are set by others. 
One of your strengths is you love to serve other people. You like to serve your caretakers with absolute loyalty and just have a good heart to want to help others. Here are some weaknesses when it comes to control. You could have open dependence. You could be defensive against a loss of position. You could have weak willpower and a tendency to feel powerless at the mercy of others. So here is a scripture for you to lean into to help with fighting the weakness that you may feel uh, with the Holy Spirit. So it says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So here are some ways to support a subpoena person or spouse. You can challenge them to stand strong in the Lord when they are faced in difficult situations, and instead of leaning into others to fix it, encourage them to rise up with God's strength to be able to handle it. And then secondly, don't fight their aggression back with aggression, but instead show them love when they are struggling with mood swings and aggressive behavior. So give them kindness and give them the opposite kind of love that they're giving to you. Yeah. And I wouldn't do that with every person because I think some people, when you show love, that hurts them even more. Um, whereas it seems like supine, supine people, I don't, we don't know which name it is, by the way, yet. <laughs> we're going to go with supine, but with supine people, it seems as if they do take it better. If you, you know, love on them whenever they're having aggressive, um, tendencies, instead of just being aggressive back to them, just show love. So, but you always hear all the time, kill them with kindness. I wouldn't do that with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely not, you know, somebody that doesn't take it that way. So, so with supines, kill them with kindness, but you're actually, you know, loving them with kindness. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's in a way to help them out through those weaknesses that they possess. So if this uh, episode all about the control temperaments was impactful for you or helpful for you, please send us your feedback over on Instagram, or you can send us a email to lifewiththelizandbees at gmail.com because we are doing this temperament series because we want to help you better understand your spouse. The whole purpose of this is for you guys to take the tests, listen to the podcast, get to know each other better, and then talk about it. So like, listen to this podcast, have your spouse listen to the podcast, and then you guys spend some time talking through your temperaments. I mean, that's what Hunter and I did after our marriage counseling session. Even now, as we're redoing this, you know, four years later, it is helping us remember why we are the way that we are and how to help each other. I mean, this, these temperaments has completely changed our marriage. And I think we said that in the first, um, part one, that these temperament tests just change our marriage, just learning who we are, learning how we're wired, learning that your spouse is not you and being okay with that. So yeah, because when you get in arguments or you get in tension, which is going to happen all the time, if you can see their point of view and you can understand why they're angry or why they're reacting it, and it's because of their temperament, you're able to overcome those disagreements so much quicker. And we talked a lot about that in the How to Handle Disagreements episode because it's not necessarily about changing your spouse to fit who you want them to be, but it's more so accepting, loving them, helping them, challenging them the way God created them to be. So we have one more uh, podcast on our temperament studies coming out next week. So it's going to be who is your spouse part three. We're talking all things, the inclusion temperament. And as always, we are releasing a new episode once a week. So make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple podcasts, subscribe on YouTube and share this episode with a 
friend that it could bless. And please leave us a review. It's a big help. Um, it lets other listeners that's never heard us just kind of see what we're all about and see if we're actually good um, and be honest about Are it. We we're good? okay. We've already had a one star. We think it's a hater, but it's okay. It has to be a hater because no it was problem. like the first day our podcast came out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we just want to hear how grateful and um, how much this has helped you guys. So just leave a review on you know Spotify or wherever you're listening and look forward to our next episode. All see right, you guys. guys. See Later. you then. Thank <laughs> you.